Welcome to Hoopsville, everybody. A video stream, if you can believe it. Not live, like we normally do, but recording pretty much around the time the Hoopsville Marathon would normally take place. So because of that, and kind of a tip of the hat to that, and a tip of the hat to just the fact that teams are actually taking to the floor and playing for this season, and more teams are trying to do so, and the fact that we're just about at the point when the NCAA will be making a decision on whether we are going to have uh, tournaments or not. And let me let me rephrase that. Division three makes that choice, not the entire NCAA. Nobody at Indy. This is a D3 decision. We figured we'd, we'd put a video uh, together uh, instead of the usual podcast-only option, though the podcast is available on that. Um, and because we got pretty much the gang together. Well, almost the entire gang. The original plan was uh, to have... Uh, Gordon and Pat and Ryan join myself. Unfortunately, Gordon uh, couldn't make it. We will catch up with the man, the myth, and the legend at a later date, for sure. Um, but uh, fun to chat with the guys uh, and looking forward to catching up with them down the road. Um, it, we're, we're at an interesting point here in the quote-unquote 2021 season whether we will be playing for national championships or not. We will be talking about that with the guys here in just a little bit. Uh, we also just get their reactions to it all, including mine. And uh, we talk about all the challenges out there as well, and we talk about whether there will be a top 25. Quick hint. No and yes? You'll have to listen a little longer to hear the full answer to that. Um, we also talked just about, well, I mean, literally everything else, the possibility of school closures over this, um, the, the fact that things need to be played for the future of the NCAA, but not necessarily at division three. We talk about, uh, even St. Thomas a little bit. We talk about uh, literally, we just chatted for about an hour or so, and, and we're going to bring that to you and we hope you enjoy it at the tail end. We'll kind of wrap that up with a bow. I got a little bit of a rant for you. And we'll give you a clue on what is coming up. So to waste as little time as possible and get right to the meat of it, um, let's get to that. Pat Coleman from D3Hoops.com and Ryan Scott, our Around the Nation columnist, join me to chat about things Division Three Hoops related. And joining me for the round robin affair, as it is from the D3 Hoops gang, it is Pat Coleman and Ryan Scott. Gordon was going to join us, unable to. We'll catch up with him in the near future, because always love to hear from Gordon and his takes. And we'll probably even mention a few that he's mentioned as we talk. Gentlemen, first and foremost, I can't believe it's the end of January and we're finally on a video call. But uh, here, we, here, here we are. How, how are you guys? <laughs> Doing okay. You know, it's been a challenge, obviously. Uh, I've been stuck here in this space for the last 10 months, but uh, I, you know, re modeled a little bit i've got a little more d3 stuff on the wall never gonna be you know hoopsville central or anything like that and i just didn't bother to turn around and go do this in front of the uh d3 wall but uh but, you know it's got i mean that's a basketball from the last final four in salem and this is from uh you know a, a d3 hoops classic in las vegas you remember the the uh the pain i went through to get that on the plane to get it home yeah I still have mine and I still don't know why I did that. I don't either, but, uh, <laughs> but it's here. And you know what? It's been, it's been fun to watch basketball and I'm trying not to think about the fact that, uh, you know, nine days from now, we also will be having division three football games going on at the same time. So uh, we're uh, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a relatively good time right now. Anyway, uh, your, your life is in reverse this season for some reason. 
Um, you remodeled and it looks like Ryan unmodeled. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I share an office with my daughter, which it's a big room and the plan worked out well because I work when she's at school and then COVID happened and now we're just all here all the time. Yeah, so. if anyone's looking at my shot, it looks somewhat normal, but if you take a, a keen eye and look around, you'll notice some things look a little odd. It's because this room became kind of the fallback when everybody had to reposition in the house. My wife still works most of the time out of the house and the kids off and on again are with remote uh, learning. So we have to find them homes. And well, to be honest, I, I had a good chunk of the year where sitting in this chair hurt. So uh, this Dave, I, became the fallback. I thought that was just a photo behind you. I'm pretty sure you're just sitting in front of a green screen somewhere. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm in my bed. I am sitting on some cushions. No, uh, it's actually nice to be in the studio. Uh, and and my son was giddy to join us. So that at least shows you things are, are trying to be heading in the right direction. To be honest, it's been tough. We've been tracking this really since everything fell apart on March 12th, 2020. Pat, from, from the overall scope of things, losing the entire fall. I know a lot of people try to put a lot of effort into the winter, but I feel I'm starting to feel that push now towards the spring. And it's been weird to watch basketball because there's been this full force effort. There's a half effort. And then there's a, no, we're not doing it. Yeah. It's definitely a really strange combination, right? I mean, there's uh, like if you're MassCAC, CUNYAC, SUNYAC, where there's no chance you're getting any games whatsoever. And then a bunch more schools in New England, very similar to that. Meanwhile, you know, in Texas, they've been going since November 7th in some cases. So like the ETBU women's basketball team, as of the time we're recording, this has 15 games in, um, you know, 120 or so men's teams and, and almost that many women's teams have played at least one game so far. Uh, so that's, you know, that's been a promising sign and, you know, more schools are scheduled to tip off next weekend. So we'll see if, uh, if, if any of that actually happens. It's just been very strange, right? You know, it's, these are, you're looking at a D3 hoop schedule and it's like you're actually on a, on D3baseball.com because you have no idea if a game that is scheduled is actually going to be played, except it's not because of rain. It is because of the pandemic. And that's just, it's strange, but it's, you know, the basketball is fun uh, to watch. Uh, if you remember that most teams are playing their second or third game, even though we're sitting here at the end of January. Yeah. That's the strange part, um, and to say the least. Ryan, I know you, as always, you, you probably watch the most games out of all of us, and that's not a shot at any of us because I think we watch our fair share. It's because you just watch so many. Uh, well, I, I try to get you, in sir. and you know, do my job as a, as a top 25 voter and at least see some of these teams. And um, you know, it's, I feel like I'm in the dark, but it's, large, it's not because I'm not watching the games available. It's because the teams aren't playing. You know, I looked through our final top 25 from last spring and only six of those teams have played a game so far. Um, now that number is going to more than double over the next week if the games go as planned. But, you know, there's some teams like I talked to John Tower today, St. Thomas tonight, probably as we're recording, is doing their first five on five since March of last year, you know, and they're playing in a week. So uh, the games we do see have not been, let's say, of stellar quality just yet. Um, no, they're not. They're definitely november sure, games. <laughs> I'm sure if Gordon was here, he would say the same because he he remarked that he's been tuning into some games expecting 
I mean, we all expect not end of January. We expect even the beginning of season to at least see some quality basketball. And, and there's for good reason, I think there's, there's a lot of inconsistencies and it has nothing to do with, with maybe how much they practice. Everyone's minds elsewhere. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, in a lot of cases, you're going to see teams who uh, are playing with inexperienced players, maybe more inexperienced than you would have expected this season. You know, there are lots of places where, you know, some people aren't coming back. Some people might be taking a year off to save the tuition dollars. And, you know, even though nobody is uh, using a year of eligibility this year, you know, you're still paying 30 to 60 to $80,000 for the privilege. And maybe uh, it makes more sense to take a year off and work and then come back next year when there's a, a, a full conference championship and a national championship to play for in some cases. And then too, you know, just in general, um, you know, if individual kids are out and, you know, you still, you know, this is going to be more a football thing and more a baseball thing, I think, than a basketball thing, because I think contact tracing is going to uh, keep lots of basketball teams from being able to field the team at all if one or two kids get sick. But you're still going to end up with, you know, people in games in places where they wouldn't normally be during the course of a regular, regular season. And then also, you know, I mean, we, we all know that most D3 schools play in empty gyms in the first place, but these gyms are really, really empty. Well, that's true. And, and you've got just the, you know, you have some teams that are keeping their pods all the way through the season. So you have guys playing in games who may not have practiced with the guy they're passing the ball to, yeah. you know, they're, they're keeping split in two or three groups and, um, we're just going to see so many things, you know, all the coaches have been saying, you know, I, I'm not worried about games anymore. I'm just worried about those test results coming back. And I forget who it was. I talked to one coach yesterday, they're playing back-to-back -back Friday, Saturday, but the way that their requirements are set up, they have to have two separate tests for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they said we could get a test result in the middle of a game and have to pull the team off the court, you know, like that's, <laughs> um, they're just worried about that. And that, that weighs on everybody. Well, and, and to both your points, Pat, I was talking to a coach the other day who said, he called up going, what's your prediction on the tournament? I, I've got this kid who's like, listen, if there isn't one, I don't know if I want to stay enrolled. It's probably better for me to back out, save myself the cash and come back next year. And he says, and I, I don't want to keep stringing him along until I get an answer. I, I kind of need a, a gauge on things. So there's that thought. Uh, Ryan, to your thought, I had another coach talking to me going, oh, yeah, we're just sitting here right now waiting for, for test results. This is always the most nerve-wracking 30 minutes of, of a day, a week, whatever the, whatever it is. He says, because, by the way, one of my assistants is ill. We don't know if it's COVID or not. Of course, he was on the bench. So if he is, and oh, no. And, and these, I mean, people are, they've got so many other things to think about. And everyone talks about it being an outlet. And I and I'm fully understand that even practice is an outlet for some players, but I, I can't expect everybody to be in tip top form. Even the NBA sometimes looks uh, pretty ugly or any other sport because you're worried about your family. You're worried about whether your roommates gotten tested or, or has come down positive. Maybe your dorm is going to be on lockdown. Uh, I can't, the amount of stress on everybody is certainly uh, shown and, and no, the games aren't great but at least some are playing. Yeah, I mean, it's a big challenge, right? The, the schools 
and the coaches are taking on all of these extra duties that you wouldn't normally have to deal with. Um, you know, I talk to more football coaches than I do basketball coaches these days, but talking to some of the football coaches in the fall, um, I'm just going to drop Troy Adams' name at Trine, uh, since I will probably have Trine basketball viewers since they're playing, right? Yeah. Uh, their football coach was like, yeah, you know, we have so much to deal with in terms of keeping pods organized and organizing, you know, multiple practices over the course of the day to get all of our kids through that, you know, I've really just taken a step back. I love to call the offense. I love to run the offense, but I don't have time to do it. I've got to be more of a CEO type head coach. And I, I think that, you know, obviously basketball is not quite the same animal in those regards, but you know, all these people are having to deal with all of those separate things, right? If you are practicing in pods and you've got to organize, um, you, you're, you know, are you, do you have to change your rotation based on, you know, the whims of the moment or who is healthy or like Ryan said, which group of guys has practiced together, right? You know, the, if you, uh, if the only time that you're with, you know, uh, a, a particular teammate is when you're on the floor in the middle of a game, I think that changes your, your uh, your preparation it changes how you know you see the floor it changes how you see that person on the floor it's just it, all sorts of things that if you know i only wish we had unlimited resources and unlimited time in the day to really delve into because i'm sure there's a lot of really interesting stories there well i mean john carroll heidelberg the other day scuttles the second of the two games on back-to-back -back nights and the first thought and for supposedly a positive test, to be honest, I, I can't dive into all these things. And I think in a normal season, this would be, you know, huge news nowadays. It's like, okay, another positive delay and move on. But then you start thinking about it. You're like, wait, positive on Saturday. They played last night. You've got to imagine coaches are losing their minds. How many of my guys are now positive for this? And now we know, uh, John Carroll, uh, I don't remember who they were. Oh, Mount Union was is pushed off for the weekend coming. Not sure if it's related. I, it just means how many of you know little tiny things turn into a much bigger thing at the drop of the hat. Now you've got even more stress on top of. Oh, by the way, uh, let's look at video. And figure out who we're playing uh, well, next weekend. And you have so many. I'm realizing of these coaches that also have maybe assistant AD titles. And in a normal year, or they AD. kind of back off some of those administrative responsibilities during the playing season. That just isn't possible this year with all the, the work that they have to do. So many athletic departments are handling testing for their entire campus, you know, running, you know, thousands of tests every single week. Um, somebody's got to be doing the paperwork and the administration for that. And it's falling a lot more to these coaches who do double duty um, that otherwise wouldn't have that extra stress. Yeah. And with all the think of all the schools where you have fall sports playing in the spring. So, you know, those are coaches who normally would not be in as uh, intense a time period right now and could help with that sort of thing. Those uh, those sorts of uh, those sorts of dual roles are even more crazy at schools like that. So I, I can't imagine what people are going through. It's as you know, it's a relief, like you said, uh, like was said, right? It's a it's a relief to be able to get out there and play. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a, what it's a 90 minute respite. And then you're back to the, to everything else that you have to deal with. Well, and we heard Emery's women's coach back in December when I talked to her say, listen, I want to meet and they're not playing, but I want to meet with my team and, and stay connected with them. But they've had, you know, X amount of zooms all day. The last thing I want to do is zoom. So the coaches are thinking about what, what's the best plan for their student athletes. Cause as you said, right after 90 minutes, they're right back into that same old, same old. Um, and they're thinking about themselves. I've talked to numerous coaches who've tested positive 
in this virus. And, and some range from it was okay to, oh, uh, no, I, I had pneumonia and I still can't taste or, or smell anything and, and everything in between. And it changes their point of view on what they're doing or what other teams are doing or however it works out. And so just add in now their family or their extended family or whatever the case may be. There's so much that basketball seems like it could be a good distraction, but they've got to manage that distraction while managing everything else. And, and I've told many people, I've always been fascinated with the administration of, of an athletics department or a conference and stuff like that. I really have. It, 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 it kind of intrigues me. Mm -mm, not right now. Wouldn't want to be an administrator. Wouldn't want to be a coach in college right now. Not in a million years would I want to be doing that right now because uh, where did I read it the other day? It, it was related to presidents, but I think you could relate it to coaches and ADs. There hasn't been a stop button since about a year ago. There hasn't been a pause. There hasn't been a break. There hasn't been a, um, a, a time for everybody to just kind of have a normal day. Yeah, right. Everybody's been working on contingency plans and we're on plan J right now, right? And you've been it, through the alphabet once. Yeah, right. We're on, <laughs> we're on AJ, right. as it were. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't want to be a sports information director coming up in the spring either, where, you know, there's going to be a, a two week span coming up here where I think every sport is going to be trying to get on the floor, okay. on the field, out of the course, whatever. That sort of thing. Dave, you and I worked in athletic departments in the 90s. Um, oh. A, I, oh. you know, it, it, normal, normal stuff is no longer anywhere near what it was 25 <laughs> years ago. Uh, but definitely not, uh, definitely not in, in uh, with, everything, with everything that's going on with the pandemic. Um, but in terms of, listen, we've had a lot of decisions. There are teams that are not playing. And, and those were tough decisions for those institutions, those conferences, whatnot. We're still waiting on decisions, to be honest with you. There are still schools that I've checked in with that do not know if they'll even squeeze in some games in this February and even March. Empire 8, by the way, starts practices Monday, if anyone's tracking at home. Uh, MAC Conference will start their games coming up here in a few weeks. Oh, by the way, um, that's the other weirdness. We're going to have games into March, and they're not necessarily going to be tournament games. We're going to have a full-ish schedule on weekends in March. That's weird to say. I was looking through the MAC schedule, for example. They're playing Thursday, Friday. I'm like, wow, that's just – oh, right, they're, yeah, they've got spring sports. Right. Okay, so they're playing Thursday, Friday for a good reason. Um, and Empire then, 8 football is playing games on Tuesdays. Yeah. Tuesday football games. <laughs> Tuesday night lights? It's when you get the – that's when – I mean, that's when the field's available, right? You're right. also playing lacrosse. You're also whatever soccer but again teams are not playing and teams are playing and there's a hundred reasons behind all of this and even tracking that's hard but in the long run this could decide for some schools their futures pat it, it, whether they even return in 2021-22 is on the table for some of these schools and honestly, Dave, I'm kind of surprised that we've gotten this far, right? Uh, we only, only lost a handful of schools over the, uh, over the summer, right? Um, you know, McMurray out of Illinois closing its doors. Uh, you know, Johnson and Wales of Denver getting all consolidated and the athletics going away. Um, you know, I'm sure there will be, you know, there've been this steady drip, drip, Pine, Pine Manor in New England, and there's a steady drip, drip of schools closing their doors in new england i am surprised that we have not had any you know yet here during 
during this academic year. I, I schools are just getting getting their way through it, and I I can only assume. Coming. Right, I can only assume it has to. It, it schools can't just print money, and it's not been an optimal experience for student athletes. But then again, I'm gonna say this too, Dave. I mean, you know, there are a lot of schools where. Uh, you know the athletics really drives the enrollment, and they played, uh, and they played this fall, right? The, they there were some schools yes. that got their stuff out there this fall so that they could keep their doors open, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just really I'm impressed, I'm worried, I'm surprised. I don't have another adjective. I, I those are the things I've told some people. I think what happened was schools made financial decisions because of that pandemic that they never would have in the past to try and keep their doors open. In the past, it would have been like this is a lost cause, forget it. But because of pandemic, they're like, oh my gosh, everything into the everybody, everything into the pot. Let's go. Let's let's just solve the problem. We'll stay open longer, and that comes due. And I think February, maybe March, this is not a, a knowledgeable guess. It's just based on thinking of timing. And, and either the second semester didn't work out like they hoped or they didn't get the, the students they needed or whatever. There's a litany. The list is long on the reasons it could cause. I think that drip, the faucet opens. And well, I'm, not, I'm not up on uh, how much federal aid was available to colleges. I know that was part of at least one of the relief packages that there was extra money involved and who knows what, how, what schools are using that to bridge, sure. you know, the same way small businesses use PPP. I've got my, you can't see it. I've got my ENC shirt on here. Nice. I, I mean, that's my alma mater. They completed their largest non-building fundraising campaign during this and are starting another one. Um, and I'll, I mean, my school's one that's always been kind of on the brink. Um, and I, I'm happy the alumni have stepped up to fund this, but you know, I, it's got to get back to normal relatively soon, or that's not going to be sustainable for a lot of small schools like that. Well, Ryan, let me ask yeah. you too about you know your take on the school that's closest to you, right? Our friends over at Wesley. So I had no idea what Wesley was doing. I pulled up Christopher Newport's schedule today, and they've got a game with Wesley for March sixth on the calendar. So I assume Wesley's planning to play at least one game. Yeah. I, um, I, I talked to their men's coach. He wants to play. He's allowed to play. He's got a distance calculator. He's allowed to play and he doesn't want to play at home. I think okay. I understand why he doesn't want to play at home. He's got the We've smallest game in division three. You can't, get, you can't get two teams in there under the Delaware requirements of, of <laughs> There. You'd have to have them there off in is. separate corners. Yeah, there it is, folks. I think the fire number in there is either 150 or 200. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll they're play the old-fashioned women's rules where you yeah. split it at half. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty close to Iowa. I understand those rules. There you go. Right. Um, I mean, so we say Wesley-Salisbury game or something like that, I would hope we'd see a couple of those or something Salisbury. like that, right? And I, I assume yeah. they'll play Washington College. I know – I mean, that's the other thing. Washington College is already advertising – they're, they're going to try and do two tournaments the last week of March, first week of April. Whoever wants to come to the, the Eastern Shore in, in mid-spring and uh, play some basketball. Um, Question. Are they interested in hosting a national invitational type tournament for a, for a mythical national championship? Just, just asking. There's enough hotel rooms within an hour's drive of there, but then we can... Yeah, that's the only problem is the amount of hotels. But Ryan, back to Pat's question. I mean... I mean, this was supposed to be the year Delaware State evaluated Wesley as an athletics department. If you take that 
at face value that they hadn't already done that and already understand it all. And they're not getting that year. They're not getting a chance to see the football program. They're not getting a chance to see all these other programs at play. Could, could this be the thing that kills Wesley? I mean, what are you hearing? Is anybody talking besides I, the president no, who I'm, just do circles? Once the decision went down that it was going to be merged, it kind of fell out of the news here in Delaware. Um, <laughs> I have always been in the the place that I didn't see why they would continue the Wesley Athletic program, um, given how much money they're putting into this already. And um, I, I just never had a lot of hope. I think maybe even on the other side, not playing this year gives them a much better excuse to just say, <laughs> we're done. We're not coming back. You know, I know a lot of the, the coaches and staff haven't counted on having those jobs, you know, not that they're all running for other things, but, you know, people are trying to be optimistic, but I, I, I think people, if they, even if they won't admit it, they're pretty realistic that Wesley's certainly not going to look like Wesley after this, this spring. So it'd be true. I mean, it'd be sad for storied programs like the football program, certainly. Um, I, I, seeing a top 25 team just dissolve, not because the program dissolved, but because uh, the school dissolved. It's just weird to say out loud. Well, especially because I, I think that Wesley could probably take Delaware State in a number of the sports, including the one you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. well, and, <laughs> Frankly, they should merge in the other direction. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've heard scuttlebutt about Delaware State. I know our friend Gordon Mann, who, who's done a lot of work with them, is not here to talk about it, but I've heard scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt about them. Augustana was on a list of, of feared schools I, I, sometime in the fall. I'm forgetting when. You hear about uh, schools like Ithaca having significant in drops in enrollment three straight years. I've heard Illinois Wesleyan has been down something like 20%. Uh, Hampton-Sydney down 15%. Well, and demographically, too, my understanding is, and I'm not a higher ed person, and I haven't been for some time, but that the bottom kind of drops out of graduating high school seniors about four or five years from now. So like after yeah, about 2025 or so, college enrollment just in general is going to go way down the way downhill as well. So yeah, I'm hearing the same. So, yep. Well, th th there's that somber note. And, and obviously, games are being played. But Pat, you you pointed out the other night. Was it only 115? I, I had it here somewhere. 115 schools yeah, played as a of, game by this point? Yeah, as of last night, and um, by that I mean the uh, Wednesday the 27th, it was 119 men's programs and 115 women's. Um, you know, I believe someone's playing their first game tonight, obviously, uh, and we'll probably see more this weekend. But, you know, so, like, this is the big question, right? Are we going to get – how close will we get to the magic number – before the plug gets pulled. Um, and I know that uh, of the of the three of us here on this call, we have ever so slightly, I think, different opinions as to how optimistic or how much we should be. Here's my take. I think we should be pushing as many schools to participate as possible and to file as if they were participating to see if we can get close enough to make the uh, to, to make the NCAA move. I don't know if obviously, you know, we talked about it in the uh, the story that's on the website, right? Moving the dates is really difficult. Uh, changing the um, the percentage of schools that need to participate in order to have a championship. I mean, that's that's something that could be done by people changing their minds. Um, 
but uh, you know, I one of those or both of those I think would make it possible. I find it kind of difficult to think that we're going to get the two hundred and whatever to twenty to thirty, um, you know, in within the uh, the March sixth timeframe. Yeah, I mean, for me, the big news was when the D one guidelines came out um, earlier this week about what they're doing in terms of safety and travel for the D one tournament. I mean, the, the point that like when you win your conference tournament, you're staying in the gym and the NCAA is sending buses to get you to take you either to the airport or directly to your hotel in Indy. By the yeah. way, private airport. Right. A private Not airport, even commercial. Private plane or directly to the hotel if it's within 350 miles, you know, um, and you're going to be there for the entire time you're in the tournament and you're going to be in your room or the designated eating room or the gym, you know. Yeah. And if they're taking that kind of precaution for the D1 tournament, they're not going to do less for D3. And so my, I've kind of got to the point that I think that they would be willing to fudge numbers if we were like at 55%, but I don't think the logistics are going to enable them to do that. The um, other, there's several problems. I agree with you, Ryan. I read the D1 stuff. And by the way, there isn't a coach I talked to, even on the women's side, who doesn't say we need that D1 tournament to happen. Right. There's nearly $900 million bottled up in that thing this year alone. Yeah. They need that tournament. Um, but when I read that, I was just, I was blown away. And of course everyone laughed about the 350. I think the 350 is there because that's a nonstop 350. Right. A mile a nonstop above. bus ride. Yeah. There's no stopping on the way. And they, that's the max the driver can do. That's the max they can expect people to survive on that trip. Um, by the way, people want to know, I've been checking the math up until this point, men are pretty much at 50%. Uh, in terms of that we have, uh, that my work has determined to be opted out or not eligible by March 6th. And the women is a uh, tick uh, 51 and three quarters uh, percent. That's 207 men's schools, 223 women's schools who will not be NCA eligible based on my information. And by the way, not talk to all 440 schools. That would be insanity. But um, probably more than half close. of them. Yes. Yeah. No, I have absolutely talked to probably half of them at least. <laughs> I have. I told Pat this a while back. I have purposely not counted how many I've actually talked to because I don't want to actually know the number because I'm going to be maybe a little disappointed in myself. Um, I, I'm sure I could have found other things to do. Um, and there's schools that just haven't made decisions. There's schools that, again, we mentioned earlier that can tip either way. I've got 20 to 30 that are, in my opinion, tipped towards no as well, but just don't have the confidence or any ability to say uh, uh well professionally yes that's a no yeah. that could swing it the other way i just don't think we have enough numbers to swing it back towards as you said close enough to fudge and there it, the chances of them finding sites schools the that other bring part. teams onto campus yeah. with all the safety precautions required i mean to me that's the bigger thing is i think if they could do it logistically they'd be willing to fudge the numbers yes. to make this happen but I think it's the logistics that's going to kill them. I think the logistics scares people. I, I That opening weekend, looking for six opening weekend, we have two weekends. It's a little weird to talk about it like that. Uh, having 16 completely different sites. And I know of, of, of places that notoriously put into host. I mean, they are, we know them to host everything. And they're saying no. That That's what finally just kind of hit me and went, wow. They're not even willing to do this. Well, there's others who are like, yeah, let's let's bring it on. They're going to get them, whether they get enough in enough areas. I, I yeah, I think well, the logistics the, scares them. 
I mean, Mike Shower said it to me. He said, you know, you got to have a school willing to bring six teams, potentially out of state teams onto campus. And there's no guarantee one of them will even be yours. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, there's no guarantee you're getting all this money back either. NCAA is going to pay for a lot. They also got to pay for testing now. So the cost of the tournament is certainly significantly higher. But I was talking to Kerry Harvey Cutter. He said, listen, if we had this final four, like we planned or elite eight, really, uh, in Salem at Roanoke College, there are some caveats. We can't use the locker rooms that the teams and the rest of the Roanoke have access to or will be using. We can't use their athletic trainers because they will be using them for Roanoke sports. Like normally that that's fine. Yeah, you know, we could cross over with uh, locker rooms. You could clean them up real quick. No, no. So teams are going to have to come in already changed, ready to go. They're going to have to have a small little place they can gather, but it's totally cordoned off from everybody else. They're going to have the extra athletic trainers. I mean, the list is long. <laughs> yeah, but so it just sounds very much the same places. It sounds very much like Las Vegas, yeah, actually, that's right? True. That's very <laughs> true. But I just, I never considered all those costs. And are you going to get them all back? I Well, and even somebody mentioned for the men's side, said, well, couldn't we just bring 16 teams to – to Fort Wayne and just play like a, you know, four games in four days. And I'm thinking as big as that facility is with the requirements, you couldn't really manage 16. I think they could, I mean, they could do eight maybe, but yeah, I don't think they could manage 16 with COVID precautions and everything, even well, in a big building like that. Yeah. Three you'd have to do, you'd have to split that first one over two days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a 40 page protocol was sent to schools. Yeah. That's just, I, and I have purposely not asked for it because I don't want to try and read through it. I can't, I can't keep testing straight in my head um, because there's so many different versions and options that were written for D1. Um, and then you got local stuff on top of that. You know, that's some of these schools aren't playing because the locals said, here's our rules. Right. Or the campus. <laughs> right. Or the campus. Right. Well, and, and so I'll oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say, and, I, and I think, the players and the coaches and everybody for the most part, not everyone, but, but most people understand the realities, right? I mean, I've heard plenty of coaches say we need to get this D one tournament done, or there's never going to be another NCAA tournament of any kind ever again. Yeah, you know, that's a very, like, yeah. And that's a real possibility with how much money that, that they bring in from this. So I, I think people are, are pretty, I have been surprised at how well even players, student athletes, everyone is, is taking this whole, thing in stride the chance the real, realization they might lose two years of tournament um i think most have been yeah have been very aware not all but more than we would give them credit for i think normally i think i've been pretty surprised no i'd agree with that well i think so too i mean you know for 425 schools last year they finished their season right right so there it's only you know 16 men's teams and 16 women's teams who were denied the chance to finish off their ncaa tournament um speaking of which someone did have a question they fired at us regarding that who who thought uh or who do we think would have come out of last year's tournaments um i'm only putting that on the t not to necessarily get a hit but to get sliced because I think someone's going to hit it, but not give the answer everybody wants. Well, I know what Ryan is going to say. Well, I was going to say, Gordon's not here. We should say Hope, right? Hope was the one <laughs> yeah, that would have won. Yeah. Yes. Hope women that's, look the strongest. That's definitely Gordon's opinion. That uh, Oh, no, I, I would agree with him on that, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were looking good last year and frankly looking really good right, right now so far this year too. Speaking, by the way, of crazy testing, um, Michigan with a six times a week thing and so Hope and all these other Michigan schools, if you don't meet that, you have to at least be testing three times, but then you have to be wearing a mask. You know, this. so you're, we're seeing efforts to wear masks in games. Some places not as good. Uh, but just the challenges we, again, more about the challenges that everybody has to face. Um, I, I think we know just, to, I, we'd still have to talk about the last year's men's tournament also. So yeah. I'm going to tease this. Uh, and then four years from Twice. now, you guys are going to get to read it. So at the end of the tournament last year, um, uh, our, uh, our friend Ryan here, Pierre here, I'm not sure how you guys are going to see it recorded, right? He's below at both of us. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> our friend Ryan wrote a game-by-game, blow-by-blow of what the rest of the men's tournament was going to look like, and he named a champion. And uh, we have that set to go live on the website on March 18th or whatever, 2025. So fifth go. anniversary or so thereabouts. Uh, come back and see what Ryan thought from last year. And I'll admit, I have not read it. Words, I think uh, it, it, it was a lot of words in that piece. Was... It was a lot of words, and I have like I've given it one edit so far, um, and I'll give it another edit in a couple of years or one, so. He'll do one every year. <laughs> and I have time on my hands in, in late March. We all March did. There you go. Um, by the way, quickly to answer, because the question was asked, you know, what are the numbers and what is the future of this tournament? Let's just go through what I I tweeted and suckled technically reported that I got information on. So Friday, this podcast uh, video cast is we're going to put it out in video. will go out um, on Friday later today, tonight. We don't know when, but the, the championship committee is the at least meeting. And we should remember, and this is where it might get a little weird. This is a new committee because after the convention, the committees rotate old off and new on. So we'll have a few new members. I'm not sure that changes much, but interestingly enough, so championship committee will meet and they will look through the data that D3 finally had enough waiting around for schools to make decisions and basically said, uh, answer this or go home. They had a choice of say, yes, we will have the minimum nine games uh, to qualify by March 6th or we'll need a waiver or no. And if they did not reply, which apparently on the previous survey, there were a lot of schools that didn't reply. The answer is no. They will go through that data on Friday and then make a recommendation to the administrative committee. That's a committee we never talk about. Yeah, they're the people who who like put people onto committees and rubber stamp stuff, right? Yeah, and, they, there's and, a couple people on the president's council, the, the, pre, the head and the vice on the president's council. I think there's a couple management committee members, but then, and then a couple others. You go on online, there's three people listed. It's last year's info and it's not accurate is what I got told. So I'm not really positive what it makes up, but they literally do the administrative stuff, Pat, like you said, yeah. committee stuff and anything they need to fill in and help. They have a role in this case where they can step in and make a decision based on what was already approved for the management and president's councils, since the management and president's councils aren't set to meet. I don't think any time in the near future, I really don't know when they're meeting. The calendar is empty. Last I checked. Um, anyway, so they meet next Wednesday, the 3rd of February, to either ratify that decision or maybe say no and send it back. I, 
but that's the, that's the timeline. So we shouldn't have some kind of answer, as Ryan put it, by Wednesday. Nothing I've heard is good, but again, anything's possible. Let's let's be honest. Something could change, or the data I have is way off, which would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, so like the a couple of, only a couple of things surprised me based on the data, right? I think we might have assumed that uh, that Finlandia wouldn't play, and Finlandia recently announced a schedule that's going to get them eligible. No, I, had, I didn't have them in the know yet. Right. I mean, but you, but if you were to, if you were to assume, oh, sure, sure. it's like, oh, Finlandia, there's no way those guys are going to get 10 games right. as an independent stuck way up there in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, the Midwest conference has a couple of teams that are going to play or, uh, and Cornell already has, yep. um, you know, I don't think Cornell is not slotted at the moment to get to nine in anywhere near in time. But they're putting a team on the floor. Maybe others will put a team on the floor. Lake Forest looks like it's going to have some games on the schedule in February, that sort of thing. Teams could surprise us, right? Um, you know, when uh, Ryan was talking about uh, the numbers earlier, I was like looking for my whiteboard and to start doing the uh, the whole whiteboarding <laughs> Comes thing. Down to Florida. Oh wait, no, never mind. <laughs> right. Yes, that the 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 Tim Russert whiteboarding as opposed to right. Yeah, that's how old we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That is the reference, unfortunately. So, right, we could get surprised that, you know, that 49% that uh, you were talking about earlier, 51% ineligible, 49% potentially eligible, maybe it swings to 52 or something like that. And people people decide that they want to make some accommodation. Like if we could accommodate for one more week and get all of those max schools in uh, who are, you know, uh, who will be wrapping up their 10-game schedule on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of March, then that changes things too. Yeah, I, I think the other thing too is how will the waiver be applied? I've been told you better have nine plus games on your schedule and lost games uncontrolled by you, you'll get the waiver. If you only attempted, oh, let's say six. If you only attempted six games on your schedule and, and didn't make an attempt to get more, and that's not the right wording, but don't have more on your schedule and, and thus didn't lose any, you don't. Of course, they're making- To be it. honest, I don't know if that's actually true. And they're making the decision before a lot of those games get played or not played. So, <laughs> right. And, and because, and honestly, back to the call, am I going to, are we going to have a tournament? Because I don't want to keep stringing this player along. At some point, we got to cut bait and we, and we just have to say, this is off and not wait till March 6th to go, oh, we finally got the final tally. By the way, no tournament. <laughs> well, that's going to yeah, be just, worse than last year. Turn, turn the buses off right now. Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. So again, we'll, we'll know presumably by the middle of next week when this podcast goes out, February 3rd, that whether there'll be a tournament or not. And then Pat, I think the fascinating question becomes, do teams continue playing or, or, or do they continue with the pressure of playing as many games as they need to by March 6th? I think that one becomes a really interesting second story to all this. Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely see a slowdown in the pace of games being played if it's determined that there's not going to be a national championship. Um, you know, I think that conferences, I think a lot of conferences will still want to uh, crown a conference champion. Sure. And I think that we may have, you know, in some places, meetings of conference champions on some, you know, 
I don't know, some uh, playground somewhere to uh, adjudicate <laughs> postseason play of some sort. No, in all seriousness, like uh, I'm going to say it here because it's not going to happen. But we talked with uh, Carrie Harvey Cutter and the folks in Salem about whether we could host a D3 National Invitational at the end of the year um, of, you know, I don't know, was it four uh, teams, four men's, four women's, eight men's, eight women's. Um, you know, just not logistically possible, uh, given the the state of everything in Virginia sure. anyway. But I think other schools are talking about it. Um, so you know, we have we have seen yeah people talking about it. So who who knows? This is like, um, you know, you, you've got your 114 days to play yeah. a sport this year. And the calendar is not particularly restrictive as to what, you know, when the season stops. So. You know, do eight teams converge on, I don't know, uh, Lexington, Kentucky in <laughs> the middle of April and play a tournament? Sweeney's throwing things at you right now. <laughs> oh, I, I figured I figured uh, Lane would be throwing things at me right I now. He might be up for it. <laughs> or texting me saying, <laughs> hey, that, I like this idea. Uh, hold on. He likes golf, so maybe not. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see if the tournament went when. I, I'm going to say when at this point. We'll find out for sure that there's not a yeah. tournament. I think you're going to see a bunch of games get canceled right away that are maybe a little farther that teams are trying to shoehorn in to get to nine, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see some schedules spread out. I mean, most coaches I've asked have said, I'm going to play as long as my AD lets me, which is really the the big question is when it starts infringing on the spring season, because they're very protective of that, obviously, because those, those players lost their whole season last year. Right. Um, They're not going to let, you know, an extended basketball. And, and there's a glimmer of hope that maybe those seasons actually do happen and, and championships do have a, maybe a brighter glimmer than, than basketball ever had. Yeah. I, I think they're, right. they're going to work very, very hard yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. I would agree with you. Um, so that is our answer. So stay tuned. I mean, I'm Pat. No, the guys know I, I have looking at the numbers. I don't think it's happening. But I know Pat has has made a point, at least that I've read, that yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility that there's a curveball that we don't see coming that allows it to happen, and and if it happens, great. I mean, t- people don't understand. That's part of my livelihood, so yeah, I want it to happen. Darn we it want all. it to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. It, we talked about the NCAA future. We talked about schools closing and all that stuff. That's certainly something we're we're keeping an eye on. This is all bottled up in, into having sports playing. Uh, one person asked, because we lost it last year. We were supposed to be in Atlanta for the, the men's uh, D1 Final Four. Just crown a, a champion on what en- would have been a spectacular tournament. Um, and the question got asked, will this happen again? First off, yes, it's already been put in place to happen again. I've asked whether they'll make up for Atlanta. Unfortunately, Indianapolis would have been the perfect city to do it. I don't believe they'll make up for the loss of Atlanta and, and shoehorn another one in, except maybe down the road and continue the cycle. But yeah, there's another one scheduled. I don't remember the year, Pat, if you remember the year. Um, in 26? In Houston. Oh, sorry. I was just saying the next time yeah. the men are in Indianapolis is 26. And that seems like a, uh, yeah. that seems like a reasonable time to come back around and do it again. There is one approved. I just cannot well, remember the, what year. The women have one on the calendar, right? Right, yeah. Women are in Houston, I want to say. I don't think they named which year year? they were doing the men's again. Well, I know women, I think it's next year in Houston. Off the top of my head, it could be off by the year. Or Dallas. They are in Dallas in 23. 
Yeah, I think it's yeah, down. It's down. But if they want to come, you know, next year the women's final four is in Minneapolis. So if they want to do it in 2022, I am, uh, I'm here. Women's is set. And I believe it's Dallas in 2023. <laughs> Men, I'm just saying. The other one I thought was set, but I, I don't remember. But yes, it'll, it'll happen one more time because they were going to do it once every in these five year cycles. And so the, it will come. Uh, they had agreed to two more. The one just, we lost it, unfortunately. Um, Pat, I'll ask the, the million dollar question. We've gotten a few questions about, uh, will we be doing a top 25? 25? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, ranking 25 out of 120 teams is, um, is not something we're prepared to do. You How? Well, don't say we. I... <laughs> wow. Ryan is the only one of us on this call no. that has ranked Division Three men's basketball teams at all this year. Yeah, I have true. not. Well, I guess true. I did. Yeah, you did. did. For Street and Smiths, which... Yeah. Which didn't happen. Which doesn't exist either anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, we've been looking into it, and we've been talking about it, and my plan was always to try to do something. So our goal... And with this will be the first official announcement of it, I guess, externally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our goal is to do a top 15 poll. That's what we're going to aim at right now. We figure with the uh, slimmed down number of teams playing that we would go with a slimmed down poll. And 15 is kind of in line with what our uh, friends at D3Hockey.com did with a very similar size field. You know, there's slightly under 100 men's hockey teams and they did a top 15 so we're going to try that um i have about i would say about 18 of our 25 regular men's voters lined up to do this and i know that gordon is having a little harder time twisting the arms of his women's voters so i am here to say for those voters yes let's do this come join us i know that sometimes maybe your poll is a little easier than our poll because the top teams in women's basketball don't lose as much as the top teams in men's basketball. This will be a challenge for everybody though. I'm in all, all yeah. joking aside, um, you are, uh, you are acting, you're going to be acting like a D three football voter and a D three baseball voter at the same time football in the number of limited games and limited to non-existent non-conference play, no cross regional play. Like we would have gotten all through November and December to give us some sort of idea of, uh, you know, relative strength of conferences. We got essentially none of that in <laughs> basketball now. And then baseball, because, uh, and in baseball, you, our voters have to deal with the fact that uh, California and Texas, they start games in February. And in Massachusetts, they start them on like April 10th. Yeah, so <laughs> you are often ranking, uh, trying to compare a team that has played 15 games against a team that has played two. Um, and I think we're going to be doing that exactly that here. Um, we're, the one caveat that we're throwing on it for voters, the one real restriction is that you can't vote for a team that hasn't played yet. So, um, you know, in that sense, you can't vote for a team that's gone 0 and 0. Other than that, I hear teams running to the floor as we speak. I mean, that would be great. I look forward to it. Obviously, we'll have more than 119 or 120 by the time people vote on Sunday, Monday. And then, you know, we will see what it turns out like because who knows uh it will be it will be complicated right we don't even know when it's going to stop because right. we don't know when the season is going to end like if there's a national championship sponsored by and sanctioned by the ncaa then we will you know it's the caveat there yeah, uh, then, very nice. then we'll end the poll after that but 
you know, uh, schools, as you said, uh, playing in April or in, in March and into April, we may find that, uh, you know, we vote on the, I don't know, the 24th or something like that of March. And then two weeks later, it's like, oh, you know, some of these teams have played some games. Maybe we should just check in and see if we still want to, <laughs> if we're going to stick with this vote. Oh, Pat, and... I'm not putting Washington College on my top 15 ballot. <laughs> well, you can't until they play well, a game. Right. That's my point. They also they play until the third, fourth week of March. So we don't... Right. They'll be starting as we finish. Well, I always <laughs> say like this time of year, I probably have 40 teams in my mind that I would like to rank. Um, you still do. This year, this year I have I have four right now. I could name the four teams that I would like and then I'll have to find, you know, 11 more. Yeah. Well, and Pat, you were talking about how difficult it was. There was a, a lively little chat in our little Slack channel today on the women's side of things. Uh, what? ETBU's got something like 15-0, and 0, and there's a bunch of other women's schools are undefeated. In the meantime, Hope's what, 2-0? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, I mean, this is a real question, right? What yeah. if someone like Hope goes 2-0 and then for whatever reason they have to shut down the rest of their season? Or they choose to shut down the rest of the, their season if the decision is made next week to cancel right. the championship. Right. You know, that's something we're going to have to take on a case-by-case basis. It would uh, have no idea. Frankly, we are uh, asking our voters to be cheerful and flexible about it. And, you know, we're asking the fans to be understanding that cheerful and flexible about <laughs> cheerful and flexible as well it's just you know it's a we're trying to do a poll in a pandemic right uh, just yeah. like everybody else it's a little more difficult but uh we feel it's we still feel there's going to be some value to it and that's why we want to do it i mean a poll is more fun if somebody votes one team number one and somebody else doesn't vote for them at all right that's a fun poll so that's <laughs> that's fun I don't think so, for what it's worth. That's not my take. Although, you know, in a top 15 scenario, maybe I could live with that. <laughs> but oh, I right. prefer not to have somebody who's got a number one vote and is ranked 14th. That's not really. See it now. I, I mean, I have. They're 14th have, with, 20, with uh, 15 points. <laughs> I have called coaches or emailed voters to say, hey, you know, just so you know, like the number one vote is the one that's public, right? It's the one that everybody can see because it's got that little parentheses next to it. Just, you know, if you could envision anybody else on your ballot being number one. Could you see the receiving votes category, somebody with a parenthesis one? <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see that. Um, no, I know. Just, I've seen polls wow. do that. Oh, yeah. it would. Oh, we thought it was, I mean, to be honest with you, it's going to be tough. I have, I've tried, I don't want to say my heart's not in it, but I've tried to, to take in games with, with a thought of a vote. And it, it, yeah. it's by this point, you're engrossed, obviously right. in a normal year, but right now it's just like, okay. I, I watched those first two Randolph making games and they were right. my preseason number one. And those first they're two, using that ranking still, Ryan. They are putting that on their own. <laughs> Another reason to get it out. I was unsure whether those guys had ever seen a basketball before in those first couple <laughs> of But last night against Salisbury, they looked they looked good. They looked like we expected them to. So I'm counting those first two as sort of preseason. And we'll say they're actually playing basketball now. But yeah, I mean, that's been true everywhere. Calvin looked fantastic and then yeah. got blown then out. Like and I dud well and you know here's the thing right calvin didn't have all of its players for that game either there are going to be games like that and we are just going to have to we're just going to have to figure it out right i mean thad shemansky goes for 25 against alma and then doesn't play against trine right um you know that there's probably going to be a difference there oh it, it, uh, you're not yeah. making this better guys <laughs>
Well, and so that is exactly the whole conversation that was going on in our uh, group chat this yes. afternoon. I think I literally saw the words at one point, uh, you're not getting my heart into this. I was trolling Gordon a little bit by reminding him there's 12 South region women's teams that, that are undefeated right now. That, was, that the was the conversation. Gordon's like, oh, please stop. <laughs> yeah, that was not super helpful uh, either. Well, and, and again, it, Pat, to your point, I've done the football one on occasion. But I still feel like in the football one, I get an idea. I have an understanding of, I don't want to say the powers because I'm not voting per power, but I have an understanding of what I'm looking at, even if there isn't a lot of cross-pollination because there, there really isn't. I mean, no ASC teams even playing a SCAC team this year. Right. Well, there might be. That might be a bad example. But CCIW is not playing WIAC. Right. You know, and WIAC hasn't played it all yet. Um, great example. Well, and football is a good example. Because I think football is, in a sense, a, a lot like women's basketball, which yeah. is a sentence I never thought I would say. But it is true <laughs> in true. that, um, you know, the teams that are good tend to be good for years and years and years and years. And someone who you come in the season with thinking, oh, yeah, you you can count on Amherst being good. You can count on Mountain Union football being good and you count on Amherst women's basketball being good and you don't have to think about it in a sense, right? They are going to be in the top X of your, of your ballot, no matter what, even yeah. if they've played one game and even if they won, you know, by five points, you still think that Amherst is going to be one of the top 10 teams. Of course, Amherst not playing right now, uh, which is, doesn't help uh, that cause either. But I, yeah, that's why, uh, that's why it's possible to, do those sorts of things early in the season yeah. in some polls. And this is just going to be the craziest early season poll ever. And not just because it's going to be released on February 1st or whatever Monday is. <laughs> God, I hope it'll be, the, be ready by Monday. It's going to be the shortest run one too. I mean, usually we get 13, four, uh, sometimes 14 polls out and uh, I don't see that happening. Well, actually. You nope. just do one every other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will shoot you, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 Dave. You're going to do a poll every other day, and you're going to write the uh, blog post as well. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, I joked about throwing darts in the past. I mean, sure. No, I mean, yeah. If you I mean, challenge me, there's just going to be a lot of start with. I forgot this team was in D3. I... <laughs> I'm going to actually. I forgot they were playing. Is going to be the answer, because um, again, there's also going to be pauses. You know, so let's say you've got a team sitting at five, you're really confident, and for whatever reason, whether it's the opponent or themselves or whatever, they they go two weekends without playing. Whoever's number count. one on Monday is just going to cancel the rest of their season. <laughs> Stop <laughs> the we're count! Done. We're done. We're <laughs> out of here. Um, quickly, the other thing we should point out, you know, we're talking about teams to be played, games to be played, and, and teams who want to take to the floor. You know, you're already seeing things like in the ODAC, where Washington and Lee was later coming back than, than expected. They've had to postpone some games. Virginia Wesleyan's had to call off five after getting up and running. Um, you've seen it in some other places. You've seen four women's programs around Division Three who have opted out while their men's programs are playing. Uh, uh, I, can I was going to try and do it off the top of my head, but let's not be stupid. Uh, Eastern Connecticut, Berea, um, Northern Vermont, Linden, and, oh, it's not on this one. Uh, oh, because it just happened. I just saw it last night. Guilford women oh, right. apparently yeah. have stepped back because their entire schedule is now in the canceled side of things. Um, again, Pat, you pointed out WIAC hasn't even stepped on the floor to play games and, and they're not doing what 
the Mac, Max, uh, Empire 8, Slack, and others are doing, we've still got a chunk of teams who might play. I'm well, curious, what does the WIAC do if two days before their season starts, the plug's pulled? Uh, right. I mean, their season starts on the 3rd, uh, on February 3rd. You, uh, are we not saying that's the day we expect that information to be available? Right. Yeah. They're planning to have a conference champion and everything. I think they'll play through a conference. They may. I'm season. just saying that's it's the bigger question coming. is some of these places like the ARC that is playing games, yeah. but like Nebraska Wesleyan hasn't managed to get one in yet. You know, yeah. right. there's only what, well, like six more on their schedule. So they <laughs> go to the Northwest Conference. You've got the Washington schools who are playing right now. You've got two of the of the Oregon schools who've already opted out and you've got three more who want to play but they're outside the Portland area. They're in counties that are considered severe risk. They're not even allowed to practice. Yeah. They haven't called it off, but they're essentially done or, or I don't want to say done, but they're not even participating while the other half of the conference is like, eh, we're up in this other side of this, in this state and we're, we're just playing some games. And we're, we're not even thinking as far down. Uh, I talked to one of the, the NACC coaches who said, you know, we have a plan for a four team tournament. Yep. Then what happens if there's a an eight and three team and a two and one team, and we have to decide what the seating is going to be? You know, like how do we even do that? Well, we've all lived through conference tiebreakers, but this would be a very interesting one to try to figure out. So, well, one of them's got an SOS. Was it CCIW? <laughs> SOS? Something oh, because they're not be playing because... everybody or something wonky? Oh. I yeah, I mean they that. are they're playing a very unbalanced something something. Well, and then the any the uh, NACC, it's Wisconsin playing Wisconsin, Illinois playing Illinois. Illinois. Playing At one Illinois. point, I was told that's how it would finish, and then there there wouldn't be any crossover even for an AQ. And I'm like, well, then how do they determine the AQ? Because there's no tiebreaker that can determine the Wisconsin side. And the, there is no tiebreaker. And then it came out and they will have a conference tournament. I'm like, oh, thank, thankfully that didn't that's, turn out to be real. I mean, that's something I would imagine under their previous commissioner and not under the current one. <laughs> and you you mm-hmm. settled it the way the ODAC did, right? The ODAC said you, you got to get a certain number of games in. 12. Or or you don't, right? You is don't it 12? Know. It's not 12. Oh, no, I'm thinking of a D1 thing I read today. I apologize. Is it Sorry. A, a lot? It might be like eight or 11. It's, I mean, it's, it's a good eight it might be eight somewhere around that range i'm it's sure after this goes out jj will text said, me if you don't get them in you can't come you right know? right absolutely well and so but that that's get back to something i wanted to yeah. uh, wedge in a couple of minutes ago is like you see conferences like the odac like the arc you know actively rescheduling games right so you know i i was at a i was looking at warburg's schedule um and it's you know changed a couple of times like they had i think I might have literally seen three different scheduled opponents for the same day, two of which were postponed and then one of which was finally eligible and able to come. And right. And we've seen the ODAC already shuffling around to make up for some of those uh, teams that are uh, unable to participate at the moment. So, you know, these are tough times at conference offices too, but the, you know, the ones that are working hard are, uh, are going to get games in. And I really appreciate that, uh, that they're being flexible and that the schools are being flexible. You talked earlier, Dave about you know reviewing video you know nobody you're, you could have a new opponent six hours before game time yes and forget you the know, game plan boys <laughs> yeah exactly okay you know but how many times then too have That's you heard, happened already we're just going to focus on us we're going to focus yeah. on what we do well and the by the way oh yeah that's their top real huh? the coaching cliche is real you could yeah. have a brand new opponent and it could be greenville who <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Greenville. No, don't make me They're hurt. always ready to get on the bus. That's true. Um, you, you Remember, I messaged the guys. I was up in the Little East, which is the only conference playing, uh, relatively speaking, in New England because uh, there's one conference that they this triple C has been scuttled, but it sounds like part of them are going to get together, maybe play a little bit in March. But LEC legitimately playing with about five of their members. I, I messaged the guys at one point because I was going through their schedules, putting it into our system. Team A said they were playing Team B. Team B on the same day said they were playing Team C, and Team C said they were playing Team D, but that game had been postponed. I, I mean, finally called know. the conference office and said, please help. <laughs> and I literally heard laughing on the phone because they said, well, I just got another email and I've got another change for you. And I said, I give up. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm not fixing this. We well, these are the things we usually – these are the we things we deal with in August. In right. Pennsylvania, the PAC conference – Oh, the PAC the is canceled insane. over the weekend. So they pulled a conference game from February and they just played it this week because yeah. – And if you look at the – if you look at the pack schedule, there are some teams playing five games in like seven, eight days. They're playing a game, day off, game, day off, game, day off, day off, game. It's like one of those goes sideways. You've got no room to put it in anywhere else. That's the well, first thing. And second, that's not a distraction at that point. That's a job. Yeah. I mean, you're used to seeing the postponements. They're like, this game will now be played on February 10th. But we had one this week that was like, this game was supposed to be played on February 10th, but we did it last night. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it, we laugh, but I know it's hard, but it's also humorous because you literally, I mean, we're just going to the schedule going, all right, who played tonight? No, right. that's who is, wrong. <laughs> who is listed as supposed to play tonight? Right. Then we go to the conference page. Oh, no, that game's not happening. No. What it doesn't do is it doesn't really help us find out what were the games that were pulled forward from February 10th yeah. or I, rescheduled, you know, that were canceled on January 17th. And we have no idea about that again is like a baseball season. Oh, that is very true. Um, all right, a couple of quick hitters I wanted to get to, kind of looking down the road as we started to do a little bit. First off, it's sad. St. Thomas, last season in Division Three, they're going to play. But last tournament ends in a whimper. This year, well, yeah, good point. We hope they're going to play. This year, they got that third game I was told they were working on with St. John's, if it ends up happening. I mean, they don't go out the way we've known St. Thomas, and that is fighting for titles, fighting for in the tournament. It, it's just the whole thing just goes out almost like a whimper. Right. I, and again, I keep forgetting which poet this is, right? This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. I, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wadley. I keep forgetting. Uh, I, my apologies. I know everybody in the chat who's taken uh, English lit in the last five years is yelling at me right now. Um, yeah, they got the so they got the two games against St. John's. Um, yeah, it's disappointing, right? Um, uh, I mean, the whole thing's disappointing to begin with, but they don't even get to go out, kind of with their heads up. They just go out going, "Hey, by the way, we're leaving." I asked uh, John Tower today, I talked to him, just specifically that question. Um, and he, you know, he talks about it very much as a continuation. They don't look at it as an end because obviously no. the team is moving sure. on. And sure. but he we do point out, <laughs> which is really interesting. He said, you, even though we've won titles, he said, you don't take that for granted. You know, he said, we don't have a team as good as we had last year and a team as we have as good this year, every year. And he said, that's really, it's not about, you know, ending our time in division three. It's just the chance that these guys this year are not going to have the chance 
um, to do what they might've been able to do. You know, last year they had as good a chance as anyone to win that national title, you know? Well, larger and, and a one in 16 chance or thereabouts, right? Yeah. Well, and larger extent, Yeshiva. I mean, you just built that program up. Are they going to be able to stay? I mean, I don't want to go dive into the hole. I just mean, yeah, to his point, there are programs that have had themselves teed up, that things kind of put themselves in place for themselves to get that opportunity. And a once in a hundred year pandemic comes strolling in and says, man, we got other plans. And that's the headache we can be in denial for until next fall when we have to do a preseason All-American list and we don't know which guys are back and which ones aren't and what the plans are. And the coaches don't know. I've asked everyone I've talked to, do you know what your guys are planning to do next year? And they all said, nope. (laughs) Well, I I talked to another coach. Like, I literally will have a team on the floor next year that is most likely to be comprised of seniors and juniors who have been with the program and sophomores and freshmen who may not have played a game in college before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many senior classes will that person have? Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Maybe well, seven. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, by the way, side note, counter Delaney, the guy who gave Swarthmore his one loss of the season with a, an amazing shot, top of the key to win Centennial Conference. He decided he's playing lacrosse this year for Johns Hopkins D1. He got recruited to play at Nova, Villanova. He almost went there, chose, changed his mind, goes to the other lacrosse powerhouse not to play lacrosse. By the way, he's not exactly tall, but he's a, he's a, a long stick midi, which means he's got the big six-foot pole. Okay. Uh, and he's going to play D1 lacrosse this year. Apparently, he's going to get some time because they've had uh, a bit of a shortage in a position. I asked Josh Leffler flat out, does this mean he's done? Because he's a senior. Apparently he's got plans to come back. I think they, they hope to have him back next year. That'd be a, a fun little story, but there's little things like that going on. Well, especially with the whole D3, D1 crossover and then back to D3 right. at that school. I was uh, kind of surprised that that was even possible in the first place, let alone I have it possible with, for him to come back. I believe with no scholarship, it's okay. I believe it's okay. the, the walk-on aspect. Certainly if you're a D1 athlete getting a scholarship, you are not allowed to be playing for a D3 program. That is... Yeah, that's true. I mean, if he does get money from from the D1 side, by the way, under a new head coach there too, which is news in the Baltimore area, um, he he won't be allowed to come back. Yeah, he's done. He'll he'll be complete. Um, Speaking of looking down the road, we've talked about a future top 20, uh, uh, you know, coming together of sorts. Uh, What? 15. Yeah, thank you. Top 15, talking about uh, uh, the D1, D2, 3 coming together at some point. Our good friend Wags wants to know, can we do Vegas in December, please? I mean, I certainly hope so. Uh, I would be uh, <laughs> I, I would be remiss if we uh, – I would really be disappointed if we did not have an opportunity to do a, a D3Hoops.com Classic uh, coming up this year. So, And by this year, I mean, yeah, December of, uh, of, of 2021. Um, you know, here's hoping. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a 2021-22 academic year that is – in the new normal rather than in the current yes. abnormal. I've got a I've got an American Airlines flight credit from last March that I have to use by the end of this calendar year. So I might be going to Vegas. So I like this. I, I like this thinking. Pat, a writer I, for you. I'm just I like that too. Yeah, exactly. Um I was doing production work today and I realized I I do we get an exception to the rule that we can continue saying annual? 
Oh yeah, I mean, sure. Good, because then it'll be our 12th annual. By the way, any clue who's coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't have any Brett. clue who's coming in December. <laughs> Brett Seymour uh, at uh, everybody from this year who who still wants to come, plus everybody who said they're in for that one, and we'll have and thirty Ramapo. teams. Let's go. And Ramapo, right? And Ramapo. Oh. Ramapo will be there twice. Who's not playing this year? He's saving them up for Vegas. He's saving them up. That's it. Uh, um, uh. I, I and Pat, I guess would be remiss. I, I should ask fundraiser. Can we get an update on how things have been going with the uh, Save Us campaign, as it as it were? I like that. The Save Us, Save Our Save Our Skins, Save Our Sites campaign, Save Our Sites SOS. Um, okay, so uh, definitely very appreciative of great support that we've gotten from a lot of people, and it's been kind of um, it's been kind of mind boggling sometimes. You know, we put this out on the first of December. And obviously, it is still the lead story on all of our sites. Um, so, you know, people are still coming and seeing it for the first time and not realizing. Uh, and we are getting, uh, you know, we're still getting donations on a fairly regular basis, and that's great. Um, I hope that everybody out there who's watching this, who is a Patreon subscriber, uh, is, you know, feeling the love from us. Uh, you know, we had a goal set for how many Patreon subscribers we would like to have and what you know, what that support would allow us to do. And while we haven't gotten like to 100% of what that particular goal is, uh, it's still given us the ability to, for example, bring this guy, you said he was down there, right, Dave? Yep, he's down there, good job. Yeah, yeah there's a, bring, <laughs> bring him back on the payroll, so to speak, uh, and, you know, write around the nation columns um, and do a, a team, do team of the week. Uh, Ryan has been the guy who's been choosing team of the week for us for the past several years as well. I don't want those emails. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want those emails. Um, Oops. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's that sort of thing, uh, that that support allows us to do and will continue to allow us to do. It'll allow us to do, uh, you know, columnists for football in the spring for spring football, um, you know, if there's a spring baseball championship, uh, you know, then we have hopes of being able to be there to cover it in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or, you know, whatever a baseball championship looks like this year, who the heck knows. But because we have the ability to, you know, kind of have these people who are essentially sustaining members, right? They have a pledged a certain amount of money to give on the first of the month, every, every month, please stay in for the first of February. That would be great. Um, you know, this means that we can count on having that steady flow of revenue come in and we can do some of these things. So, you know, uh, people who uh, gave, um, you know, who gave in single dose amounts, it's not the word I'm looking for, but you know, one I mean, time gave single- One-time uh, one donations. Yeah, I gave one-time donations, thank you. Um, helped us do something very, very important, which was retire a debt that we owed specifically to the people who serve up our website. That was very important for us to pay them um, because we like to have the website running. Um, yes. And and that sort of thing. So, you know, we are we were able to catch up with that, which is good. Um, and you know, who knows again what the what things look like going forward? I mean, the things that are the most expensive for us are that you know running the running the servers, and like when D three decides it's going to have its championship at the D one uh, at the D one Final Four. Those things are expensive, as you know what, um, to the point where I wasn't uh, if I was going to go to Atlanta last year, I literally had uh 
I don't think I didn't book this flight, but I looked at a flight that was going to land me there two hours before game time. And then I was going to fly back out that night and I was not going to stay a night in Atlanta because, you know, uh, we would spend 125 a night maybe at, in Fort Wayne and like 350 to stay in Atlanta. And that is just effing redonkulous. And there's no way for us to make that up except for the generosity of viewers like you. Thank I had, you. Uh, I had booked a room in a guy's apartment that I think I was going to have to share with a great Dane. So <laughs> it was right across the street from the stadium. And he had a two bedroom apartment that he was renting. It was Airbnb. I, I Airbnb'd it. It was great. I, great. I did not consider Airbnb air, and being it. Yeah. Airbin Ryan, and bin. Ryan has revealed some interesting information throughout <laughs> this chat. I was a little nervous, but I felt like it would be a good story. So. It well, it would have been a story, all right. <laughs> wow, great Dane. He didn't tell yeah. me about the dog till after he had my money either. So that was the. <laughs> I'm curious what he would have told you when you showed up. But I digress. Well, guys, I, 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 I if we huh? do end up having a tournament in Fort Wayne, are we even going to be able to go? We, you know, could we any of us spare the two weeks to quarantine to get into this thing? So. Oh, right. Because you don't have to quarantine to enter Indiana. That's for darn sure. But you might have to quarantine to enter the tournament. Yeah, Man, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't even jump through that hoop yet. Man, I haven't th considered that either. Jeez. They could they, they, they put they could put us up on the club level. Right. We could call the yeah. games from up there. Sure. Absolutely. I we wouldn't no be problem. within six feet of anything. No, no, that would have worked out. Uh, by the I way, it um, can be in the seat in the seats. Did yes. we do not that it, quickly in the future championship bids, by the way, came out. We, we've never really talked about it. We're going to be at Fort Wayne for the foreseeable future. Yep. There goes the whole, uh, we want to move the tournament around storyline. Yeah. Well, they're moving the football tournament around quite a bit. And the women's basketball tournament is moving uh, to and between familiar places again. So there's that. Where, where's the women's one supposed to be next year? Next year's back in Salem. Weren't we going to New York State for a random and one? We had a so there was Pittsburgh, and um, maybe it was Pittsburgh. This is where we suffer not having uh, Gordon be able to yeah. appear on the show I, tonight. I, well, and there's and another one is, in Columbus still, right? Yeah, I think it's it was familiar places. I thought was what the next. Yeah, it was like Columbus, Roanoke College, yeah. one in Pittsburgh. And then I thought that we were getting very similar ones again after that. Possible. I've literally, I mean, it has been such a strange year that. Oh, Connecticut. I, oh, right. right. We're going to Trinity at one point. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, again, Gordon would be all Gordon over that. Gordon is ecstatic. And, and by the way, on the football side, I'm ecstatic. Now I'm you're talking right. about football. Backyard. I mean, I can't wait to see it at a Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in, in 2022. I, I might actually see a D3 football game at some point. I think it's going to be outstanding. Uh, Stevenson and Naval Academy teaming up for that one. Um, I know. It's I look long. forward to it being in four different places, I guess. I mean, uh, I get that that's a little honky, and, and I don't disagree. It's too bad we lost one year in Canton already. Well, that's, they're making it up at the end of that cycle, but right, yeah, it's just it all strange. And Salem will get the 50th, knock on wood, next year happens. Um, but anyway, it just I, – I just can't. I, there are some interesting decisions. Hey, soccer, which I'm a part of, uh, they're moving out of Greensboro to Salem. They decided to move to turf. I know that was a huge conversation, and men and women 
were threatening to split because the women said, we're fine with turf because most teams play on turf. Uh, but they're all going to Salem, except for one year. They're going to Vegas. I did see that. And, is and, that, I, that... and I asked someone on the committee, why? Is there a particular? No. They were in for the bid, and we felt, why not? I'm like, okay. Sign plenty of up. reasons. Plenty of reasons why not. But then again, they did it in Kansas City, and Kansas City doesn't have any D3 either. Kansas I know City. we're yeah. all eye rolling at that choice. Over well. Anyway, I digress. Um, guys, it was fun to chat. Uh, I think we'll do this a little bit more often. We'll certainly try and spin up some hoop shows. We'll, we'll uh, in the tag here. We'll talk about at least one show for next week. Um, but we'll we'll finish on anything you want to end on, whether it's what you've seen already or or the state of things, whatever. Uh, we'll start with Ryan and work our way to Pat. Uh, I mean, I'm just hopeful that we'll get. Uh, as more and more teams are starting up this week, that we'll get some weekends that feel like a normal weekend, right? That we'll get enough games in with teams that um, we're familiar with, and and we can we can at least for a month have something that feels like a normal D three hoop season. Yeah, that would certainly would be nice, right? I mean, the CCIW is playing, and then you know, starting on February third, we would get the WIAC and the MIAC and the NJAC is joining the chat then at some point too. And it would seem like a, a fairly normal uh, season, like the, the six teams in the, uh, in the North coast that are playing their, their uh, makeshift yeah. schedule. Um, yeah. I really, uh, I, I hope that all these things happen and that would be my kind of parting shot. It's not parting shot on this show, right? This is a lot. This is the, what is the last word, right? Yes. <laughs> Parting shot. It could be if you want to. <laughs> no, I'm not taking shots at anybody today. And, and <laughs> a kinder, gentler, 38-year-old uh, <laughs> man who just wants to see, just want to see the kids get a chance to play. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, right? Uh, you know, schools have to make their decisions. Athletic directors, presidents have to make their decisions based on what they think is the best uh, interest of the student and the student athlete. And I totally get that. So if somebody uh, is a non-participating school in a conference that is generally participating, I get it. I understand. You know, you guys have to do what you think is safe. I mean, you know, I I don't do things that I think are unsafe. And I, I hope that everybody else doesn't do things that are unsafe either. But, um, you know, so I guess my thing would be, I want to see the student athletes get an opportunity to play. I am less concerned as to whether anybody in particular uh, who's not in uniform or has a, you know, a bench pass actually gets into the game. Um, you know, yeah. if that's what it takes for a campus to feel secure about the event that it's putting on, then that's what we have to live with. And I would hope I don't see a lot more uh, complaining about that. I get it. I'm a parent who lost uh, an entire kid's uh, last three months of his senior year uh, of high school and a ton of activities that, you know, is time we'll never get back. And I get it, you know, basketball fans, basketball parents are going through the same thing. Um, you know, we're going to be thankful that we can actually watch them on live video. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and by the way, just keep throwing down buzzer beaters. That was a lot of fun last oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's actually been fun. A ton of them. A lot of good. Wow. So Relatively speaking, yeah. I was, I want, I was monitoring the other night. Was monitoring while we were recording, and Odak teams missed two of them while we were. Oh, see, we jinxed it! Dang it! No, I just <laughs> no, we just didn't get out there fast enough. With a two-day-old live update. But, there, we, uh, there we go. Right, uh, North Central. I just saw. I think one last night was it on a steal on an inbounds play and hit a three at the buzzer to winner or something. Um, 
yeah, and just... North Central beat Augustana tonight, seventy-one sixty-two. Again, in the uh, in the delayed live update. There you go. Feels <laughs> feels almost like almost like normal. Almost like a normal Thursday night. Exactly. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Good chat as always. Hope people learned some stuff and 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 got to, <laughs> well at least like like seeing our faces. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys down the road. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Once again, I want to thank Pat Coleman and Ryan Scott for joining me to chat basketball. Missed Gordon, but Lily, we will get in touch with him in the near future, I promise you. Um, it, it felt good to be back in the studios and doing this. It felt good to be talking basketball, even if it was in a very generic form. Didn't really dive into who are the best teams or anything like that. It didn't. That didn't feel appropriate. Uh, it is what it is. Um, we will certainly look to do that a little bit more. This isn't, I don't see us, well, I can tell you for sure, we won't be doing um, uh, just a monthly kind of show right now. There's there's a few more shows in the works, at least into the month of February. Um, how we kind of move is going to have to be an ebb and flow thing. Is there news? Will we be able to talk about stuff that's new? Or will it be kind of repetitive is going to be kind of our benchmark if we're able to produce shows, we'll do it on a weekly basis, certainly not twice a week. Um, and I already have plans for next week. Uh, we'll, we'll mention that at the end of this. Um, we, we even, if we do have content, we'll put a couple together. And there's a chance next week could be one of those situations where we do put two shows together. Anyway, um, so you heard it there. We aren't doing a top 25. We will do a top 15. It sounds a little strange, I know. Um it's going to be a challenge, plain and simple. Pat had some great analogies there of, of a, comparing it to football and baseball and how they vote. We are um, maybe lucky to some extent in, in the basketball world because, one, we have so many schools to consider. Two, there is a ton, there has been a ton of cross-pollination and cross-competition that we can look at. I do wonder moving forward after this pandemic how much that exists, but that's another topic for another day. So the top 15, yes, we can whittle out and not have to go as deep, but it's going to be tough to say, oh, okay, Yeshiva better than Randolph-Macon, better than um, North Central or somebody in, in the central part of the country. Oh, wait, Yeshiva, maybe they haven't played yet, so we got to wait on that. I mean, there's a lot that we have to dive into, and we will dive into it uh, when we get those ballots. Um and certainly will be fascinating to see how we go. Uh, a reminder on the numbers again, they didn't really change from what I had said uh, in that segment, even though it was recorded previously than me recording this segment. We're at about 50% on the men's side that I have gathered data on, and women are closing in on about 53%. I think it's a number I have. I don't have it directly in front of me. And that number, in my opinion, is actually larger than that. We have a number of schools that I have not been able to get an answer on. And so, and, and the reason, and my reading into those institutions is they're not playing. Um, I, I told some people, this is going to sound a little strange, but for every 10 to 20 schools that I, I reached out to, I haven't done the exact math, but it feels like about 10 to 20 schools that I reached out to, only one would come back saying, yes, we're playing, or we will have the requisite amount of games to play. Um, that obviously could 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 be different but if it's that much and i've got let's say 30 schools outstanding you got to figure you know probably 25 of them at least will be a no and that 
multiplies that number very quickly. So again, the process, you are listening possibly to this on Friday. If you're not, this this day, Friday, the 29th of January, is the day the championships committee is meeting. Their meeting uh, will decide what recommendation they will make for the championships. They will look at the data that they collected from schools. And remember, the options were, yes, we're going to have the requisite nine games or we'll need a, na- a waiver. And, and again, had the schedule, but it won't matter. Um, or, you know, there's a possibility we'll need a waiver. Or no, we won't have the requisite amount of games or we will not um, be playing or we're playing at a later date. And if we don't answer, it's a no. And they'll look at that data. And remember, the benchmark that they came out with was 60% or less, and we are not playing a tournament. Will they stick to that hard line or slightly fudged line and come back and say, no tournament based on the data I have? Or will they come back and say, you know what, we're going to change this slightly. We've heard from our memberships or whatever the case may be. And we've decided, our our fellow members, you know, we're going to do this. So they do whatever they make that decision today. They will send that up the chain to the um, the, the to the other committee, uh, and not the management council, and not the president's council. We'll go to the administrative group, and they next Wednesday, the third of February, will either ratify that and say yes, that is what you've decided, rubber stamp, and things are as they are. Whether they be canceled, whether they go to this new format, whatever the case may be. Smart money would be, this is canceled. Tournaments are done. Um, but again, we'll leave that door open on the possibilities that there's other things. If we get information, we will we will share it with you once we have it in stone. Or, or not in stone, but at least from enough sources that we feel comfortable with it. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville. You can follow us on Instagram at D3Hoopsville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, Twitter is where we tend to break our news. And the other two we end up coming to later when we get the opportunity to. You can also follow uh, us in general at D3Hoops. That's the general D3Hoops account. Uh, Of course, hashtag D3Hoops as well. Uh, As soon as we get information that we feel is reportable, we won't report rumor. We won't report um, speculation. We will report, or me personally, when I have information that I feel confident in. Uh, I will not report on rumors. I will not say, oh, I heard word from a few people, but I can't really confirm. No, I will tell you if I feel that that information is lock solid. If I if I have it wrong, trust me, I'll admit it. You, you don't see me usually do that, not because I'm not wrong, but because I will not release something unless I feel it's right. Um, Speaking of just kind of something off the cuff, Pat mentioned something at the end there that that he knows has bugged me a wee bit. It certainly bugged him. There's been a, a scattering of parents, whether they, I don't think they've been on the chat boards, to be honest with you, um, but they certainly have been elsewhere. Um, on Twitter, I've gotten tagged on a few complaints. I, I don't know if on purpose or inadvertently. It, it could be either or. Um that you know these these we, we should be allowed to come into games or uh, media members, especially out in the central part of the country, uh, bitching and complaining that they're not allowed into a game to cover it. Um, I'll be blunt; it's ridiculous. Um, it, it, it's really ridiculous, in my opinion. Uh, 
that anybody is complaining about getting into games on Division three campuses. First off, we don't have Division one campuses. We don't have NFL facilities or, or even Major League Baseball facilities where we can keep everybody separated. Um, in, in my experience with other bigger things, you can have media in the press box at an NFL game and they will come nowhere close to a player, a coach, or anybody else. Uh, you can have members of the media at a Major League Baseball park, limited, by the way, limited. It's not like the normal amount of media are showing up. And they will come nowhere close, <laughs> trust me. They will come nowhere close to the teams in any way, shape, or form, even if they are in the same stadium. I know that from firsthand experience. The fact that we're asking or media are complaining or parents are complaining about not getting into games it misses the bigger picture here. There are huge hurdles that these institutions are jumping over and through challenges to try and even have these games take place. There are local, state, NCAA, conference, and maybe school rules that they all have to follow to make sure these things can even happen, to even make sure that students can practice, let alone play, and let alone even have a game. They have to test every single player. They have to test the officials. They have to test every single person who's going to be running game ops or is going to be in that gym to facilitate the game. From the video streaming folks to the stats folks to the clock operators, everybody has to be tested. And presidents ultimately are responsible for their campuses. And if the president feels that he's or she has a good hold on their campus and that they've got their students in a good place, they're not necessarily going to say, hey, you know what? Here's a bright idea. Let me have somebody from the outside of my campus that I'm not testing or can't get information on their testing come on to campus and be in my places and possibly infect people of my campus. I'm already in allowing a team to visit under the guidance that they match certain guidelines and testing protocols that I've agreed to. Now you want me to have a media member or parents who I cannot test or will not be able to test, or certainly not in a foolproof manner, on my campus as well, in my gym? There's most who are saying absolutely not. And that should be respected. Because here's the deal. If you want to be in there and you inadvertently, in or somebody, infects a team a player on a team, whatever, that team shut down. And now the president has to fear that those students are going to pass it on to other students and those students are going to pass it on to faculty, staff, administrators, and everybody else on that campus. Everybody talks about how the students are at less risk of this being a deadly virus. Well, first off, I can tell you from firsthand experience from a col former colleague of mine who's still a friend, his son, who was a sophomore or junior at Tennessee last uh, fall semester, who was extremely sick, spent two weeks in the hospital, nearly underwent serious surgery, I believe spent some time in the ICU, I'm not positive of that, needed physical therapy to learn to walk again after spending that much time in the bed with tubes coming out of them. COVID's for real, and it doesn't matter if the numbers are lower for students. The president is responsible for those students. He's also responsible for his faculty, his staff, his administration, and everybody else in between, and those students can infect those individuals as they transport the virus. And now those people are certainly more at risk because they're older. So 
You now want somebody to come on the campus who is not able to test, possibly infect an individual in that arena. Remember, some of these arenas are not that large. And then that could spark an outbreak on the campus. Not to mention the fact the local officials might say, you ain't allowing anybody in your gym. And so you go turn to the US, to the USA South group or you turn to some other group and say, well, you're at fault for not allowing my, my students on campus. You know, the president's made that decision and the president's might be guided by local or state officials to not allow it either. There's a hundred ways that they may have made the decision that nobody's allowed on the campus. And the simple fact, that you can't turn on a video stream and watch a game is, and, and that you're up in arms about not going to a game is ridiculous. And listen, I appreciate that you're not getting this opportunity with your son and or daughter or you as a media member can't see the game up close. I have kids. We have missed a number of things in the last year that the kids would love to do. There's events that would normally be taking place right now that my, my kids have their hearts on. And we're not doing them. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And complaining about it's not going to change it. Complaining about it makes it seem like people can't appreciate the larger picture in this. And as a media member, watch the game on your computer. The video stream is available. I, I get very frustrated with this. It, it, it rings absolutely selfish. We have to make sacrifices, plain and simple. I'm Anyway, that's my rant. I'm just blown away that I keep reading people complain that they can't attend a game when the fact that game is being played is tenuous at best. So we, we want more? It's either the game gets played the way it is or the game doesn't get played. You getting into the facility is the least concerning and least prioritized thing that these campuses are facing. They don't need fans in Division Three. We don't make buckets of money on fans in Division Three. Find another... I'll stop there because I'm just going to start repeating myself. I want to thank Pat and Ryan for coming on the show. We are going to do another podcast next week. It might be video. I'm debating about it. We will talk with, by the time we talk to him, the former uh, vice president for Division Three at the NCAA, Dan Dutcher, will join us. Uh, as I talk, he is supposedly in his office packing up his things to depart. Um, he will be missed. We will talk to him. We will talk to him a little bit about the unconventional convention that took place last month. The fact that the names, image, and likeness legislation was pulled from all three divisions. We'll talk to him about that, why it was done, maybe get a little behind the scenes to understand it better. It certainly isn't going away, but why did it get pulled? And especially how does that affect division three? We'll talk to him about what else took place during the convention. And some convention things, by the way, took place for the rest of the month, but we'll talk to him specifically about the Division Three aspects of the traditional convention week. And we'll talk to him about his history as at the NCA, especially with Division Three, and how far along Division Three has come um, under his leadership. And then we'll talk about who's up next to take his chair. Uh, that's coming up next week. We may even throw in another podcast once a decision about the NCA tournaments has been reached. Uh, we will 
kind of play that one by ear. We're, we're not exactly sure. We'll at least get the Dutch one out early enough in the week that we have time later in the week to possibly react to that news. That's going to do it for us. Hope you enjoyed this one. A little bit different. Um, I don't know if it was shorter. I'll find out when I finish editing. But thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. I want to thank our partners, especially the National Association of Basketball Coaches, NABC, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, WBC, and our friends at Blue Frame Technology, where you should be watching this broadcast. Uh, we Our first upload to Blue Frame in quite some time. I want to thank them for their help, as always. Of course, uh, they're our sponsors of the hotline. I didn't present that officially when uh, Ryan and, and Pat were on the hotline, but I want to thank them for doing that. Uh, and we will see what we put together in the near future. We may mix in some video broadcasts when we can, but most of them, honestly, are going to be audio broadcasts because they're a little bit easier to turn around. And it, it, Yeah, long story. You don't need to know all the specifics. Hope you are enjoying what games are being played. For those of you who aren't playing, our thoughts are with you. We know that you will come back hopefully stronger and ready to go next season for you seniors who won't make it back. Our hearts are with you. Our thoughts are with you as well. And for those who will be playing just a little bit later on this season, as in, uh, you know, into March, good luck. Have some fun. Enjoy the games that you get because here's one guarantee. Not all games on the schedule likely will be played unless maybe some circumstances allow that maybe shouldn't, but we won't get into that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with our interview with Dan Dutcher and plenty more. Stick with us again on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, on Instagram, also at D3Hoopsville. Use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can also um, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and you can always email us, Hoopsville, at D3Sports.com. That is Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Copyrighted broadcast of Hoopsville is a property of DMAC Productions and David McHugh and is intended solely for the private, personal use of our audience. Any other broadcast, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this show without the express written consent of Hoopsville and DMAC Productions is strictly prohibited.